Episode 5 is supported by Only Human, a local action community group who understand that policymakers only have as much right to be alive as everyone else does. Despite being under investigation by the Solar Force for daring to express their opinion, the group continues to peddle their conspiracy theories about everyone having the right to enjoy their one life. What utter nonsense! Monsoon Jackson, Series 3, Episode 5. Crawl or Die. Back when Earth wasn't unstoppably dying, while rich, white people laughed at everyone who expressed concern, a lot of things got done because of kind individuals. The rich were only ever interested in money and making more of it. They didn't care how many died, how many suffered, that they were stealing the future to make a now profit, it was all about having more money. The kind of money you could easily spend while the one planet you lived on burnt and the atmosphere failed. In fact, you were so busy buying treats for yourself, you didn't even have time to stare into your children's eyes. However many you had, or even if you weren't sure how many, knowing they would die because of you only caring about you. Of course, people tried peaceful demonstrations, being angry on social media and shouting at politicians while they spoke with no apparent awareness of the reality about how most people suffered. Sadly though, it came too late for the majority to realise that while words were worthy and meaningful and deep, they wouldn't actually embarrass the rich people into action. What they should have done is end the rich people. Stop them dead, as it were, in their tracks. How else do you stop the rich from just doing whatever they want? The French Revolution had the right idea, but as is vital for the rich to do, its principles had been watered down to nothing in a few years. Why waste time on the equal protection of human rights, civil rights, civil liberties and political freedoms for all people when lying, cheating and doing whatever the hell you like is much more fun. These days, the poor people left on Earth were still at the whim of their owner. Earth had been sewed off cheap once the evacuations had finished and those who couldn't afford to leave were clearly not the kind of people any government wanted to waste money on keeping alive. The owner made a steady income from the rock, with the price of oxygen constantly going up. This meant the earthbound people had to work longer hours packing plastic rubbish into cardboard boxes for people who didn't need it. Of course, once in a while, people pretended to care about the Earthlings. There was a charity drive or someone explaining how it was all our duty to help. But most of the time, you didn't want to think about them because, well, because they were making or packing the pointless pieces of plastic that you'd only stick in a drawer and forget about. The rich knew most people's ethics went straight out of the door if they could get their hands on cheap stuff. 
It was another reason not enough of the rich people had been killed during the last days of Earth, being a home for all. They had the spaceships, they were selling the tickets you needed. Except, of course, they weren't. Their underpaid staff were. But the illusion, the fear you might miss out, was enough to keep their hearts beating. The non-rich are so predictable and pathetic, and that's how the rich always kept the power. In addition, trying to keep Earth alive wasn't helped by extremists infiltrating well-meaning environmental groups. It doesn't take any imagination to guess who was paying them. For every group of people trying to save the planet, a forest, an ocean, an animal, there were always those there to push things over the edge. Make the concern seem exaggerated. It wasn't affecting me. Why should I care is built into human nature whether we admit it or not. So, for every balanced campaign to save the leopard, there was another exclaiming that all humans should die to protect the lesser weaver fish. The noise was enough to keep those who cared in check. More importantly, this protected the rich from losing money by any well-meaning do-gooders putting any kind of dent in any one of a number of businesses that profited from things dying. Even if, inadvertently, the death thing was still the same outcome. So that was fine. Even in extreme events such as a pandemic, the rich only got richer. They controlled the media, the medicine and the supply chains. You dare not stand up to them or your ticket wouldn't be punched. It wasn't unlucky that your beloved family member died. It was basic economics. Also, they just didn't care. The poor and the weak weren't the kind of people or customers you wanted to mingle with anyway. Better you got rid and got richer. Murder was only a sentence for the poor. If you're rich, it's just good business sense. And even good people dying in a completely preventable situation wasn't enough to spur the majority into burning the rich at the stake. So, once again, They sat back in their luxury homes, laughing so hard they had to grip their granite tabletops. The non-rich were all talk, no action. Oh yes, shout about the fall of the rich, about the march towards justice, but also your favourite film was in the afternoon and you were quite tired from work. So, you know, maybe next week. The craft landed much harder than it needed to, putting further deep scratches into the paintwork. This was definitely deliberate. Monsoon viewed the impressive, though now tatty building, in the distance. Doesn't look that threatening. Sicario slow-closed, then opened his eyes. I would imagine the killer robots inside aren't that bothered with making an impression. Monsoon shrugged, but then absent-mindedly adjusted his holsters. Sicario knew this meant, at least, the warning had subconsciously gone in, even if Monsoon would deny that to the end of time. So, what's the plan? Go in all guns blazing? No. Not really sure there's a better plan than blazing guns. There's a million better plans than that. I get it has worked for you in the past, but... Sicario tailed off. But? Sicario sighed to himself. Okay, so firstly, they're killer robots. They literally know how to do one thing well. Everyone who's tried to get into that facility is dead. 
But they weren't us. Sicario had to adjust to the most patient voice he could muster. No, no they weren't, but they were a lot younger than us, and there was a lot more of them. And they were better armed, and had better defensive equipment, and, well, had an actual plan. Monsoon filtered through these objections before settling on the most important one. I'm a lot younger than you, you mean. Sicario stood, resting his hands on the console. A sign lit up, asking him to stop leaning on the console. He stood up. We need to use stealth, draw on our years of experience and work out how to get to the weapons development lab, which is conveniently right in the centre of that complex, without being detected. So, are we completely ruling out guns blazing then? We can have that as plan B. Is that acceptable? If you're incapable of doing stealth and messing things up, then we do blazing glory, okay? I can do stealth. Sicario turned to stare at Monsoon. Don't give me that look. Give me one example of my stealth failing us. Sicario went to open his mouth, but Monsoon had already calculated it would, to be fair, a very long list where he'd spectacularly failed in stealth. (sighs) Okay, fine. We'll do it your way. I will do listening and then do sneaking. Sicario went to open his mouth again. This time I will, okay? Sicario patted Monsoon on the shoulder as he walked past. It was difficult to determine if that was a friendly or patronising gesture, which Sicario fully intended. Four hours later, they'd managed to move precisely 20 foot from the rear entrance. The problem with stealth is you really need everyone to be out, so if you do knock something over, there's no one about to hear it. Conversely, the facility was absolutely swarming with killer robots. You could barely move for them, as they were finding out. For every corridor they managed to sneak down, there was always a security patrol that could, at any minute, turn the corner. In fact, the only thing on their side is that the robots weren't checking the security feeds. In their defence, they'd killed everyone so far, so it didn't really feel like they needed to. After a few more hours, they stumbled across the first pile of corpses. No doubt they put up a sterling fight, but even so, they died. Of more concern was that every single corpse had a headshot wound. The other injuries on their scarred bones felt like an afterthought, and not really what you want your enemy to have on their list as an afterthought. Monsoon looked round at Sicario. Seems unfair. Making sure you're dead. I would. Should it bother me that there are no killer robot corpses? I suspect they've been taken away and recycled. That's irritating. I was hoping we'd get a ratio. This genuinely surprised Sicario. Monsoon actually doing strategy. What? As in, how many people dead per robot? Precisely. If we do go guns blazing, I want to know if we stand a good chance. I mean... We don't. We absolutely don't. To be clear, they will just shoot us dead very quickly. Just based on the simple fact, there's only two of us. And before you say it, yes, I know what you achieved in Tor's Towers, but they were stupid robots programmed to serve. These are killer robots. They only do that one thing. It seems a lot of people would be happier if they just focused on achieving one thing well, rather than worrying about what everyone else deemed important or as a sign of success. Sicario didn't like this philosophical discussion. It wasn't right. It wasn't Monsoon. Are you dying? Why? 
All this insight, this isn't you. I have to assume you're feverish or worse. Monsoon carefully turned around. So if I say something deep, you're always going to assume I'm dying? I mean, yes. Obviously. Charming. Monsoon carefully turned back around. Then he spotted a patrol coming directly towards them. He hissed at Sicario. Patrol, South Corridor. Sicario looked around for options. The patrol swept past without stopping. After a moment, some of the corpses moved. Monsoon was first up, pushing through two bodies that slid back to the ground. Sicario was quick to catch them and let them fall back gently. He glared at Monsoon, even though he knew it wouldn't achieve anything. Using people as tauntons just felt wrong. What? Those creatures in, in that film, Star... something. Sicario stared blankly at him. Oh no, they cut them open, didn't they? Sicario continued to stare for longer than was necessary. Did they? To hide inside them? Or was it to keep warm? I can't remember now. You're obsessed with horror films. You really need to watch something else. It wasn't horror, it was a kid's sci-fi film. Christ, how is slicing someone open and hiding inside suitable for a child? Oh no, they were animals. Ah, well that's alright then, isn't it? Murdering an animal to keep yourself alive. What a lesson to teach a child. Monsoon shrugged and went to get up before Sicario rested a restraining hand on his shoulder. Wait, they didn't find us. I noticed. But why? We were hidden under dead people. Have you forgotten already, old man? No, that's not it. They scanned the room and didn't find us. Monsoon opened his arms to display the room around them filled with dead people. But we're alive. They should have noticed that. Oh. Which means... No. It's a good plan. No. You have a better plan? At the rate we're moving, we'll get to the weapons lab about 20 years after we're dead. Monsoon glared at Sicario. I am open to a better suggestion. Monsoon increased his glare, even though he knew it was futile. Sicario was right. How has it come to this? It took a further hour, but now they were making good progress. The killer robots were hovering past with absolutely no idea they were there. After all, why would they be scanning the floor? So far, all their enemies had stood to face them, as all good, solid, well-respected heroes should. Sliding along on your front was a shameful and disgraceful way to go up against killer robots, although it did mean you were alive. It was a balancing act, but generally speaking, not being made dead was always a better outcome. You can live with shame, after all. They finally rounded a corner to find the entrance to the weapons lab. It wasn't guarded, and the door was open. Why wouldn't it be? No one else had ever made it past the reception area, and this time not due to the unnecessarily rude and officious secretary who behaved like they owned the place. They slid inside and pulled themselves up behind a cabinet. They looked at each other and knew what they'd done was shameful. One thing. What? We need to blow this place once we've left. Not sure we should. We may need to come back for more weapons. We take what we need, then we blow the place. 
Sicario carefully wiped his dust-stained front down. There was a brief moment of silence. No, you're right. I don't want anyone else looking through the security feed either. It took them less than an hour to assemble an arsenal of weaponry and defensive clothing that all appeared to be the kind of arsenal and weaponry you'd need to undertake a successful rescue-slash-kill-everyone mission. They piled the equipment onto two large industrial hoverboards, then activated them. They struggled to rise, flashing a sign that they were carrying a load that invalidated their warranty and to press here to accept. In a moment of not thinking, they both ignored the warning. Annoyed the button hadn't been pressed, the boards both started making loud beeping noises, insisting that the button must be pressed. They both leapt to the button and pressed it, but it was too late. While the killer robots might not be scanning the floor, they were certainly scanning for loud noises. They felt the floor rumble, as what they had to assume was a lot of killer robots converging on the entrance to the lab. Oh, great. I mean, this does now feel a lot like Plan B. The rumble increased. There was a feeling the killer robots might well be bored, and the chance to get in on something meant most of them were turning up. Monsoon looked over at the door, then the weapons they'd harvested. He then surveyed the rest of the room before stopping on something and smiling. I know this is out of character, but I've had a non-guns blazing idea. Sicario leant in. Do go on. I suspect we have less than a minute to live. The storage doors exploded open as two heavily laden hoverboards crashed through them. The boards themselves were making it very clear any chance of relying on any aspect of their lifetime warranty was now very much out of the question. Using some of their newly acquired weaponry, the back wall had been vaporised, and they fled the building towards their craft. In the distance, the killer robots had just worked out they weren't going to be using the main exit door, which was, quite frankly, rude. The robots had piled into the lab in hot pursuit of two non-robots who had just outsmarted them. They would, of course, concoct a story to their robot friends about how you should have seen the other robot, and how they'd managed to successfully fight off, oh, at least 20, no closer to 40 other robots first. I mean, this was just embarrassing. The first wave of killer robots arrived to see a craft launching up into the sky. They began firing, but within seconds, the ship was out of range. The killer robots stood about for a moment, unsure what to do. Their hive mind was raising a valid point that perhaps, with all the spare time they'd had on their claws, they should have actually built some spaceships themselves, rather than just milling about an empty laboratory, generally avoiding any hard work. The decision was reached, and the robots turned back. They would strip the base for parts and build the most deadly killer spacecraft ever. They would pursue the other craft, partly to get their stuff back, but mainly to stop them telling anyone how they'd outsmarted the killer robots. As they reached the damaged wall, there was a brief inrush of air. Then the building began to explode. Overloaded energy units and conduits were giving out. In short order, the soon-to-be-turned-into-flying-killer starbase building was reduced 
to Twisted Metal. The surviving killer robots looked out upon their home, left in ruins. They weren't really sure what to do next. Patrolling had very much been their raison d'etre. It wasn't a great raison d'etre, but it was their raison d'etre, and they no longer had a raison for their d'etre. The secondary explosives were a nice touch, just to be on the safe side, to make sure everyone was dead. The base briefly shone bright as everything not already ripped apart was ripped apart. Monsoon turned away from the monitor. It was extremely irritating. Sicario had been right about the massive explosives being way over the top for a rescue mission. Still, at least they could be confident the security feeds had been definitely destroyed, which was more important. With thanks to everyone who brought this to life. Heather Dent Cowan for supporting me, always. The series was voiced by Paul Litchfield as the narrator, Jeremy Lim as Monsoon Jackson, Tiernan Duyeb as Sicario, Rosie Holt as Eva, Alison Ward as Carla, Amanda Redman as Priva and the adverts, Toby Haydoke as the credits, and Tom Austin Morgan for editing this together. Written by Andy Case, soundtrack by Andy Case, for Leitmotiv Productions Limited, copyright 2023.